Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of my podcast. Today, I will be continuing the supplement deficiencies. So I will be doing vitamin E deficiency. So this is a deficiency where the body has low vitamin E and this can affect the proper transmission of nerve impulses cause muscle weakness and possibly degeneration of the retina, which can result in blindness. So just a little summary of the pathophysiology. So vitamin E appears to act primarily as a fat-soluble antioxidant, preventing intracellular oxidation of polyunsaturated fatty acids and other lipids in the body. It can also act... um, to immunomodulation, so it can help with your immune system. So it enhances the lymphocyte proliferation and it decreases the immunosuppressive effects of prostaglandin E2. So vitamin E requires some dietary fat in order to be absorbed from the GI tract. Therefore, disorders that affect fat and fat-soluble nutrition um, absorption, such as Cystic fibrosis and pancreatitis can cause vitamin E deficiency. So causes. Conditions associated with a fat malabsorption, such as cystic fibrosis, chronic cholestatic hepatobiliary disease, short bowel syndrome, inadequate intake of vitamin E. Risk factors, diet that are high in polyunsaturated fatty acids, and of course, any illnesses that causes malabsorption. Incidence, so vitamin E deficiency is uncommon in adults, but it can occur in people with diets that are high in polyunsaturated fatty acids, which increase the body's vitamin E requirements, and it can also occur in patients who have vitamin E malabsorption, which um, impairs a red blood cell survival, so their oxygen carrying capacity. Complications are disorders of reproduction, abnormalities of the muscle, liver, bone marrow, and brain function, and then of course hemolysis of red blood cells, skeletal muscle dystrophy, retinopathy of prematurity. Uh, so when you're assessing them, you're looking for Muscle weakness, frequent sickness, balance impairment, um, physical findings that they might have are hyporeflexia, processing to areflexia, decreased proprioception, night blindness, limb ataxia, limited upward gaze nystagmus, um, cardiac arrhythmias, decreased muscle mass, of course muscle weakness again, Dysarthria, this would be the later stage of the deficiency. Dysphagia, this is also the later stage of the deficiency. And of course, it could put them at risk for dementia, which is also a very late stage um, deficiency. So laboratory testing, of course, you're looking for the vitamin E serum level in the patient's body. So if it's less than 5 milligram per liter, then that indicates that it is low. And then also an increased creatinine kinase level, um, hemolytic anemia, and an elevated platelet count would support the diagnosis of vitamin E deficiency. 
treatment. You're doing general safety measures based on what symptoms the patient has. And of course, in their diet, you would advise the patient to increase the intake of vitamin E rich foods or foods that are fortified with vitamin E. So the following foods contain significant amounts of vitamin E. So almond oil, asparagus, avocados, canola oil, corn, corn oil, cottonseed oil, kiwis, mangoes, nuts, um, hazelnuts, peanuts, olives, peanut butter, soybeans, soybean oil, spinach, sunflower seeds, um, safflower oil, tomatoes, uh, wheat germ, wheat germ oil, and then activity, you would advise them to maintain physical activity as they tolerate. Medications, of course, you would just um, make sure that they also add a vitamin E supplementation to their diet. So recommended daily allowance of vitamin E. So for 9 to 13 year olds, you want about 11 milligram per liter a day. This is for male and females. And then 14 years old and older, um, 15 milligram per liter. And that is from the National Institutes of Health. Office of Dietary Supplements is where that recommendation is pulled from. So nursing considerations, nursing interventions. Of course, if they are hospitalized, you would give the supplement as ordered. Um, and then you can give the oral form without um, the patient having to eat or have any food with it. Uh, of course, you're going to uh, make sure there's measures to prevent them from um, having injuries if there's any um, balance issues that they're having or sensory issues that they're having, just to ask them to be very cautious of that. You can um, give them examples of activities that they may do that can conserve their energy if low energy is one of their uh, symptoms that they're suffering with. So encourage the patient to consume foods high in vitamin E. Um, you can give them a list of, um, well, actually in the hospital, usually you would just consult um, a registered dietitian and they would be able to help the patient come up with a diet plan that would help them to um, supplement their diet so that they can take more in of this supplement. And then, of course, you're monitoring their activity tolerance when they're hospitalized, their energy level, their nutritional status their response to treatment, um, how they're able to mobilize if their mobility is affected, and then of course just doing general teaching on the deficiency and what they can do to negate it in the future and to maintain appropriate levels of the vitamin in their body so that they're not um, suffering the ill effects of the deficiency. So that is vitamin E deficiency. I hope you guys enjoy. I will see you in the next episode. Bye now.